Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, welcome to another episode of Medicine Mondays. I'm yours truly, Dr. Barry Perry, favorite board-certified internist. This week, we are going to be talking about sickle cell and, more importantly, the pain of the sickle cell patient. Reason why, depending on when you're watching this, but if you're one of my uh, loyal Medicine Monday watchers or my podcast listeners, the month of September is National Sickle Cell Awareness Month. And I always say, and I've said this before on the podcast, before on the show, if a disease has a whole month dedicated to it, it is of importance, right? It is something that we need to keep very good track of. If they're going to say, because a lot of diseases will get a day or two. A lot of diseases will be like, oh, okay, yeah, you can have, you know, December 15th. And I'm not, that's not a random day that just has a birthday. But when they say, you know what, we're going to give you a whole month associated with this specific disease, you know that is important, right? So I want to I want to talk about some of the patients that I've taken care of over the years. I was talking to a good friend of mine and we were just kind of going through really just a timeline. In fact, this year, depending on the year 2023, will be almost 10 years since I got out of residency. So not even out of medical school because I got in medical school in 2011, but out of residency, like when it's all said and done and I'm about to hit the 10 year mark. And this is the time where as a physician, you start you start being able to say like, all right, I've been in this game long enough. I put a decade of time in this game. But I can tell you out of all of the thousands of patients, and yes, I've taken care of thousands of patients, of all of the thousands of patients I've taken care of, the ones who always strike me the most are our sickle cell patients. It's, it's something that when I was a medical student, like I felt when it was a resident, I felt and definitely when I was an attending, I felt for lots of different reasons. I think first and foremost, the fact that you never knew what a sickle cell patient was going through. You never knew the type of pain and discomfort they were going through. You, they could tell you, right? And of course, if you're empathetic, you're going to, you're going to understand, but you just couldn't understand like just being there. Because pain is one of those things where a lot of times we physically will see it. Like we like to, again, I don't say we, but in general, we like to physically see pain. Like, hey, I see that, you know what? You broke your arm, physical pain. I see that you broke your hip, physical pain. I see that you, you fell on the ground and you have a big scratch on your leg, physical pain. We can see that, we can identify it. But how tough is it to identify someone who is in pain when on the outside, you can't tell what's going on. You just see a person who just looks extremely uncomfortable to be where they're at, and they're coming to you because they're in pain. And unfortunately, this isn't the first goal route. So they've gotten used to their own body attacking them to the point where they say, you know what, I need to go to a hospital and deal with this pain. And that's the life that a lot of my sickle cell patients deal with. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the movie Painkillers. That was that Netflix series. And it talked about the opioid epidemic that occurred to the Purdue Pharma. 
you should check that out if you haven't had a chance and check out my review as well. But what came about that? And obviously this wasn't necessary from that, but this is kind of intertwined. Is that you had the patient who would come to your hospital or your office in pain, in discomfort, and you really couldn't, like, hold on, why are you in pain? And there isn't a blood test to say like, oh, okay, yep, you're in pain based off this blood test. There's, you know, like if you had a heart attack, okay, yeah, I can see why your chest hurts because I can see your numbers, right? There, there wasn't a test like that. So when you couple with the fact that you have people who, since they were young, were dealing with these chronic, you know, flare up, and I hate to call it flare up, but that's where they are, chronic flares up of pain that leaves them you know, debilitated, leaves them not be able to work, not be able to sleep, not be able to function until their pain is controlled. And unfortunately, not being able to have their pain control at home. Because again, some people say, all right, yeah, if I can just take some medication at home, I'll be okay. But for some to get to the point where like, no, they got to come to the hospital to deal with pain. For some who have to go to see pain management specialists to deal with the pain. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. For some, I know some sickle cell patients who have actually had to have, uh, you know, pain stimulators implanted in them because they were in so much pain and it was the only way that they can you know show people the justification of why i'm coming to see you because i'm in pain like look what i have i remember as a medical student just taking the history of physical because that's what we do and hearing this person talk about how excruciating this pain is and they can't move they can't think and of course i'm looking at i'm like okay I, i can't see anything wrong but you have to believe them. And there was a time, especially before the epidemic, there was a time where like, all right, the patient said I'm in pain. All right, you're in pain. I got to take care of you. But when you when we couple with the opioid epidemic, when we couple with the fact that the majority of people who experience the pain and suffering are typically African-American and not to say that, you know, and we, we, can, we can run through some quick facts, but not to say that only African-Americans deal with uh, sickle cell disease because that's not the case but the fact that especially in this country the majority of people who end up in the hospital are african-american and the trust system already isn't there now they're running into a system that they have to go to because they're in so much pain but they have to go to the system that keeps telling them hey your pain isn't as bad as you're seeing like that i think that is what heart heart wrenching for right so let, i mean let's talk about some facts right I, I got some facts here we can pull it up and I'll make sure it goes on the our little summer grand screen as well, because uh, I know you guys like when we, uh, we put a little um, contents here. So when we talk about some facts associated with sickle cell disease. Again, uh, I talked about it's not a disease primarily just African Americans, right? So um, you have Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, Indian descent all can suffer from sickle cell disease, but of course, predominantly African American. It is the most inherited genetic disorder. Now, if I told you a disease was the most inherited genetic disorder, you would think that everyone would be on red alert when they're taking care of these patients. But I'm telling you that is unfortunately not the case. 
and there is still a lot to learn, especially from a patient care perspective. How do we take care of these patients who, when they're controlled, we never seen them, but when they're not controlled, we see them and we're saying, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you're telling me that the pain that you're saying you're dealing with is the pain that you're actually dealing with. Um, one, in three, one in 365 African-American births associated with sickle cell disease. One in 16,000 of Hispanic-American births associated with sickle cell disease. So you can kind of see the drastic difference, right? So again, that's why a lot of people will always assume that the disease is specifically for African-Americans because so many people get it. So many people get it in comparison to other races. Life expectancy um, has improved. Now think about that. You have disease, it's the number one inherited genetic disorder. Life expectancy is shorter, but it has gotten better with all our um, uh, technology and uh, medical advancements. Complications include infections, chest pain syndrome, strokes. Uh, there are many sick cell patients who typically have an infarcted spleen, meaning that the spleen has infarcted, essentially, you know, died on itself because of all of the abnormal shaped cells that it's had to try to clear out. For a lot of people don't know that the spleen's job is almost like a dry clean. It's almost like a cleaner, right? It says it see it notices an impurity in the blood, it cleans it up. But guess what happens when your blood is an impurity, quote unquote? Like the normal circular shaped blood cells goes through with no problem. But if it's it's a sickle blood cell, say, oh, that's a sickle. Let me let me hold that. That's abnormal. Oh, let me hold that. And then let me hold that. And all of a sudden it starts, it starts having to hold all and try to filter all of your blood until it can't no more. Um, so ex extremely important. Uh, painful episodes, of course, and that's something what we've been talking about uh, so far um, here, in, especially in this country, especially in the ER. And there's one medication, hydroxyurea uh, is the first and only medication at this time that's prescribed specifically to try to reduce some of that pain. There's only one medication. There's only one prescribed medication specifically for a disease that is the most inherited genetic disorder uh, in this country here. And this is one that, especially if you're a hospital physician, ER physician, you need to understand. People with sickle cell disease aged 18 to 30 are hospitalized on an average of three to six times per year. Three to six times per year. So they see the, like, and I want you guys to think about this. When is the last time you've been to the hospital? Hey, what's up, everybody? It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, with another commercial break for the Lunch and Learn community members. If you've been asking, hey, you know what, what can I do to get more involved with the Lunch and Learn community? What can I do to get more involved with Dr. Barry? I got something for you. This year, we have launched the Lunch and Learn Patreon community where you get access to a private Discord, access to live Q&As. Depending on the tier you select, you can even become a producer on the show and choose your next topic that you want to hear and even suggest guests. So I want you to do right now after listening to this episode, of course, is join me at drbarrypierre.com slash Patreon. Check out the different tiers and join me in our private Discord today. So imagine knowing someone that has been to the hospital and average going to the hospital at least three times a year. And some people have not seen a hospital in decades, right? This is the life that our sickle cell patients um, have to live. So now when I think about 
they come to the hospital, they're in pain, they're in discomfort, and recognizing that they need an advocate like myself to scream from the rooftops to say, hey, we need to not only recognize our patients with sickle cell disease, but we need to respect our patients with sickle cell disease. We need to trust our patients with sickle cell disease. All of these things need to happen if you are going to be the best healthcare provider you're going to be. Like, we can't wait till the month of September to be talking about like, oh, let's look out for our sickle cell patients because again, the sickle cell patients don't only come to the hospital in September, right? We saw the stats, right? About 3.6 times a year on average, which means some come less and a lot come more, right? That's usually what that means. And I've had patients who've had to go to hospitals that are in like a different county because the ER doctors and the hospitalists were so quote unquote tired of them coming to the hospital that they would treat them poorly, that they would under treat their pain. Imagine, imagine going to the hospital for pain and being under treated. And if you, if you can't imagine that, imagine going to the hospital for a heart attack and being under treated. Imagine going to the hospital for a stroke and being under treated, you would be sued. You would be sued if you undertreated a stroke. You would be sued if you undertreated a heart attack. But quite often we have patients who are coming to the hospital with sickle cell disease and sickle cell crisis and their pain is being undertreated. Because for some reason we have now allowed ourselves because of Purdue and opioid epidemic and everything else under the sun, we have allowed ourselves to be able to undertreat pain and feel good about it. This is why I do a, an episode like this because I'm really calling out from the rooftops. It is important, extremely important to understand that your patient, especially your sickle cell patients, again, we're not, obviously we're talking about this because it's the month of September and I know people tend to think about sickle cell disease around this time frame, but it's important to understand that your patient is there and needs to be taken care of by you. So you can't allow any preconceived notions or preconceived patients you might have dealt with affect you from taking care of the patient in front of you, affect you from saying, you know what, I'm going to, I know you, you say your pain level is a 10, but I'm gonna give you some Tylenol, right? I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna give you, and there's some treatment options, right? We can run through them, right? When we talk about treatment for pain due to sickle cell disease, obviously there is the hydroxyurea, which can we mention? A lot of people use aspirin. A lot of people use Tylenol. Unfortunately, by the time they get to the hospital setting, a lot of people, even in an outpatient setting, have to use opioid-related medications. Like the, the issue with Purdue is that Purdue had a, a, a the MS cotton, the morphine, which is that long extend, long, long-lasting or extended-release morphine, but it wasn't making enough money. So they say, you know what, let's make oxycotton. But then let's tell people it wasn't that bad, right? And I take care of patients till this day who have had to deal with the issues associated uh, with being on opioids. Because once you get on opioids and once it's controlling your pain, you can't then turn around and say, all right, get off of those things, you're good. Like, no, your body does not let you. So you have your opioid medications, you have your uh, Tylenol, you have your ibuprofen, the hydroxyurea. Those are kind of in your bread and butter pharmacological ways to deal with the pain and discomfort. And then there's some non-pharmacological ways, right? Which I know, especially my audience loves to hear, right? What are some non-pharmacological ways to take care and treat sickle cell patients? Now, of course, before you guys hop into the comments, no, this does not work with everyone, 
right? Like I want, I want to make sure I say that. No, it does not work with everyone, but for the people it does work with, you know, kudos to you, right? So let's talk about non-pharmacological options when we talk about uh, treatment for uh, sickle cell disease. So we have options like, and this, this again, and it, I don't want it to, I don't want people to be like, oh, okay, are right, you just jiving me, right? But there are some people who do yoga, right? There are some people who do meditation exercises. There are some people who do acupuncture, right? There are some people who uh, meditate. There are some people who just try to figure out different modalities, heat, cold. There's different modalities to try to, again, and it's a try, right? It's not 100%. That's why we're saying it's not for everyone. But there are people who definitely try different remedies to deal with this pain and discomfort that has become their life. Imagine when you're just living your life and you have to recognize that being in pain is a part of it, not just a part of it for a short time frame. Because when I talk to my sickle cell patients, they'll tell me like, oh, doc, I'm always in pain. Like we remember um, the uh, Marvel, if you guys watch Marvel, uh, there was a clip with the Hulk where they asked the Hulk, hey, Hulk, how do you how do you keep calm? And because when he gets angry, he turns into the Hulk. How do you keep calm during the times when you're not the Hulk? And he says, that's it. I'm always angry. I'm always angry. So when you talk to these sickle cell patients, they're always in pain. It's just that, hey, you know what? This pain, I can kind of deal with. This pain, I'm going to have to live with. It's the other pain when the pain is too great, when I can't walk, when I can't sleep, when I can't eat, when I can't work, when I can't take care of my family. That's the pain that I'm coming to see you for, doc. And uh, my, my my sickle cell patients know me and I, I, I talk to them. I say, hey, all right, this is what we're going to do. I, I know right now, especially in that first 48, 72 hours, there's the worst bit of pain. I'm going to take care of you, right? Whatever pain medication you say you need, you're getting. And then after 72 hours, after the fluids, after the pain control, after everything we can do, all right, now we'll start working on trying to get you back to your baseline. But I, I, I don't, I don't allow them to sit there and wallow in their pain because like I have some, you know, complex to say, oh, no, 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 there shouldn't be in that much pain or their lab tests are quote unquote normal. You know how many times I've heard doctors say that, oh, their lab tests are quote unquote normal. They're not in pain. What? What? Like, again, you can't undertreat a heart attack. You can't undertreat stroke. But because of what we think about pain and what we think about people who suffer from pain, we allow ourselves to be able to undertreat pain and be like, I'm cool on that. So I think especially for, you know, this instance here, right? When, when we talk about the sickle cell disease, right? And again, we didn't necessarily get into the nitty gritty like what sickle cell disease is. I've talked about sickle cell disease before. I will put it in the description, um, our introductory video on sickle cell disease. We did it a, did it a while ago. Um, I think it's like, for my podcast listener, I think it's like episode 34, 35, something in that regard. So we did it a while ago. And just to give you an idea, we're on like episode 300, just to give you an idea of how much and how much we've been in the corner of our sickle cell patients. We've been talking about sickle cell for a while. Uh, because it's important, and every ch and I and the only reason I say you know what, like I don't think I talked about sickle cell disease in a while, and I just remember that because I was just I just happened to be talking to a friend, and we were just talking about you know what we've been experiencing, and then you know one of my sickle cell patients kind of popped in my head, and I said, oh, I wonder how that person is doing. 
So here we are, right? So again, I'm yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. This week, we talked about sickle cell disease, the pain of the sickle cell patient. Treat it like you would be treating your family. We are not in a position to undertreat the pain of our patients anymore. And if you ever needed any, you know, thought to say like, all right, is, is this sickle real? Is this sickle something I should be worried about? Again, repeat, it is the number one inherited uh, disorder. The number one genetic genetically inherited disorder. It has a whole month to itself. So if those two, if those two flags don't have you say like, oh, I might need to stop playing around and learn a little bit something about sickle cell. I don't know what will. Right, and I'm gonna put some uh some put some other links uh descriptions to uh, the show notes uh in the show notes and in the description as well too because I want again I want y'all even if y'all don't have a family member who has sickle cell disease but if you have a friend who has sickle cell disease um if you have a friend of a friend who has sickle cell disease uh, I want you to get a little bit more information to understand what they're going through. I'm yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. I'm gonna see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board-certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.